Okay, we are recording. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, I have a very special guest, a returning guest. We talked in 2016, I can't believe the time has flown, uh, her name is Camille Blinstrub, and we talked about the evangelical movement known as the Jesus People, and a really interesting conversation, a lot she knew a lot about that, but I had heard her or saw her on Philip Fairbanks' website, who I just interviewed about kind of mind control, MK Ultra. And I saw that she was talking about Mort Saul, somebody who I had known and seen a little bit of it in the past. And he, unfortunately, had passed away in October of 2021. And so I really kind of wanted, I just reached out to her and, and said, hey, you want to come back on and talk about Mort Saul? Because I know uh, from the show that her family uh, knew him. And he was really, to me, an important person because he's one of the few people who, I think his social commentary, uh, he had kind of a ride delivery, but he was kind of a... Uh, Kind of a different guy who was kind of a more intellectual comedian, but uh, Camille can talk more about that. So Camille Blintstrub, welcome to the show. Thanks for agreeing to the interview. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming back. It's been a while. It's been too long. Can you talk about your background and, and kind of your family and your knowledge of Mortsall and uh, just kind of go into kind of his, well, his life? I w I'd be glad to. I'm so pleased to have the opportunity to um, to praise him and be grateful for him. Um, he was 94 when he died. Um, um, my father was best friends with him in the, in the late fifties. <clears throat> and, uh, I'm going to give you some history. Uh, sure. Please do. the world war two kids, um, were crazy about this band called Stan Kenton. Uh, the Stan Kenton band was, uh, a West coast, um, jazz band and they were they were along the lines of maybe a Led Zeppelin in, in our time, in my time uh, and my father was uh, a trombonist in that band and he was a chief arranger for them he arranged their, you know, he wrote music for them and Mort Saul uh, was maybe one year younger than my father, my father was born in 28 and um, Mort had been in the army, and he was very patriotic. And I would say that Stan Kenton was sort of an American, uh, a, a patriotic band. Uh, Mort uh, Stan Kenton was a, a very uh, patriotic man, and this was all part of this pre World War II uh, youth scene. And um, actually, Mort got his start um, by getting on stage with Stan Kenton. That's really where he first got on a stage. And Stan would let him maybe introduce the band or get up and, you know, just talk to the audience. So that was actually how Stan uh, got his, you know, feet wet, you could say. Um, and, and Stan was, like, to say he was a fan of Stan Kenton is is an understatement in the extreme. He was a fanatic Stan Kenton uh, fan, and um, then he began to get famous in his own right in San Francisco at the Hungry Eye, and uh, he's known as the father of stand-up comedy, and uh, still in all, though, um, when he died, uh, the New York Times and these different mainstream media writers would, would praise him and, and write little things about him. But the fact of the matter is 
this man was so dangerous to the uh, the deep state or whatever you want to call it, uh, the people that killed Kennedy right. and the mainstream media, which really should be um, prosecuted for complicity. They covered up. They helped cover up, and they knew what they were doing in the 60s, immediately, right after JFK was killed. They began the cover-up. And, and as soon as Mort Saul began to, you know, get concerned about the, the assassination and question it, he was a very, very smart man, highly intelligent man. Yeah, I think he graduated from USC, right, in L.A.? So. Yeah, you, I think he was an engineer or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he, Traffic he engineering and city management was his BS degree, his Bachelor of Science. Yeah, yeah and, and he had been in the Army. He was so patriotic. He loved America so much, even though he was born in Canada. But when he started to question the Warren Commission, uh, his career, and he went from being on the cover of Time magazine, introducing, he was on the Academy Awards. He was a huge, huge star. And he went from being a huge star to making like $14,000 a year for a while. He went down to New Orleans and worked with Jim Garrison. He was deputized by Jim Garrison to work to uh, try to convict Clay Shaw for conspiracy to murder the president. Uh, Mort lost a lot. And uh, he well, when I was just saying that that when he died, these these handmaids to you know the deep state or however you want to call the CIA, uh, they praised him, but they just deftly kind of covered up again his whole life story. His life story is not really well known. Right. I mean, and he was. I mean, he he was known for his kind of monologues where he would hold a newspaper. That's what I remember him. Mm -hmm. was a very yeah. kind of calm monologue, talking, and he would always try to get something in about the Kennedy assassination. He was not, uh, he didn't let that, that go ever, to my knowledge, right? Sorry? He never kind of let the Kennedy assassination get no, out of his monologue. Um, no, and this guy was friends with everyone. He was friends with Paul Newman and Marlon. I mean, he hung out with, he was hung out with the Rat Pack, and all these people completely shunned him. Once the the word went out that you were not supposed to question the Warren Commission, he just his career was killed. If he walked into a restaurant, they would just you know turn their heads and you know and he they you know he withstood all this for years and years and he did not give up. And I've been listening to all his videos um, for the last month, even before he died, I was listening to a YouTube channel called The Loyal Opposition, which I really recommend. Uh, unfortunately, he, the guy who runs that YouTube channel had to remove a number of uh, really excellent videos for some technical reason. But I was just listening to this over and over and over, um, you know, before he died and after he died. And, uh, it's just incredible the price that he paid. His own, uh, well, he claims that his car brakes were cut a couple of times. Right. He he did get in an accident. He was in a brace, a back brace. He broke his back because right. of a car, a questionable car accident. His son died under 
questionable conditions. He had a 19-year-old son who died in, I believe, 1996. <coughs> so Mort Saul suffered incredible persecution for what he did. Right, and so he was associated with Garrison, but he kind of, um, he had, he was making, I mean, he was a legit kind of on the comedy circuit before he got blackballed, right? So he was making money, traveling around, and right before 63, he was very well known, right? Yeah, extremely. Uh, uh, he dated all sorts of movie stars and um interesting thing about him is he never he did not swear and he did not drink and he did not do drugs um but he was he was really he he started the whole that whole genre he was really he influenced Lenny Bruce and uh of course Lenny swore a lot but um he was he was the progenitor of all of that Right, so he was really very important in the 50s. He was friends with Reagan, friends with John F. Kennedy, too, right? So he was writing yeah, jokes he, for Kennedy. Yeah, he, he wrote jokes for, he worked for Kennedy. Gotcha. And can you talk about what your dad's relationship was like with him at that time? Well, my father, um, my father was with Stan Kenton, and then actually Stan, at one point, paid my father to start a band in California, they were very, very close. And I think, uh, I'm not really sure that they broke up. They must have broken up as friends. And I believe it was over Phyllis Kirk, who was an actress. They both dated her, and they both wanted to marry her. Uh, but they they did resume some sort of, you know, less close. They were like brothers at one point. And... Uh, <clears throat> I would like to talk about uh, when Kennedy died. I happened to be in England because my father was working for the BBC. He was writing a an opera about um, Rackman, the slum landlord, and uh, BBC reneged on it. Uh, my dad was a lefty, and and I guess I guess Mort was too. Uh, but as time went by, Mort really fell out with the left because the left began to change radically after Kennedy died uh, because a lot of the left, the Democrats uh, did not question the Warren Commission and they began to attack him for for questioning. But, I mean, the, the left has changed very much in the last 50 years. I know because all my parents, I have step-parents, they were all uh, Kennedy supporters and very, very uh, left wing. But the left wing um, changed, and it must have been infiltrated. I, from listening to what Mort says, it it seems to he seems to imply that the left was uh, infiltrated, and he talks a lot about um, you know people like Abby Hoffman and. Gloria Steinem, and, you know, he comes right out and says that the CIA was infiltrating the youth movement, and I, mm-hmm. I believe that. I, I was there. I was part of it. Wouldn't surprise anyway, me at all. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Sorry? Wouldn't surprise me at all. I was just talking about that last night, about the CIA's culture creation, something different, like a different type of cultural control, not mind control. But, yeah. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And the CIA, they play both sides. I right. mean, they're, they, they, 
they agitate on both sides. <clears throat> but no uh, anyway, I was in England, and um, Kennedy was killed. Uh, we were at a restaurant, and we found out about it there. And uh, my father took us out, my stepmother and, and me, took us out to see a Frank Capra movie. Now, <clears throat> I always knew that my father loved uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington and Mr. Deeds Goes to Town. I don't know if you're familiar with those movies. I am, yeah. Not the you second are. one, but the first one for sure, yeah. Yeah, well, they're very patriotic um, Capra was a bit of a propaganda artist himself, <clears throat> but nonetheless... He definitely sorry. worked for propaganda during World War II, American pro, yeah, pro-American did, propaganda. But, you know, he was still... He still made decent movies, and Mort loved his movies, and so did my father. So right after Kennedy died, uh, we, we my father took us to see a, a Frank Capra movie. And um, I believe now... You know, all my life I thought that the British invasion was such a big deal because I was actually part of it. I I actually was in England before the Beatles became famous in England. Right. And uh, I was one of the Rolling Stones' first fans in England, not even in America. And I came back with them on the tail of Beatlemania and had an English accent and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, I really thought this was so important and <clears throat> I'm really thinking that this was all a, a giant diversion. Uh, there are people that say that, you know, the British invasion was an operation of MI6 or, or and or the CIA and I, I, I tend to think that's quite plausible but regardless everything, it's so clear to me now, everything that happened after Kennedy died, Kennedy's death opened up such a wide uh, highway for every clown in the world to come in and, and, uh, and, and play games with, with us in our minds. And uh, my generation was just destroyed by it. Now, I was saved uh, by being in England. I was saved from the morning that you guys went through. Now, you may not have been old enough to remember this, but uh, everyone, all the kids my age, were just weeping, and, and they, they were subjected to the probably the first major media, wall-to-wall media event in history, where the TVs just ran for days and everybody's glued to the TV like they were for 911. Right, so that was November twenty second, 1963, right? Yeah, and so whatever you call this, mind, I call it mind control, but whatever this type of PSYOP was, I was spared because I was in London. And, uh, you know, uh, that turned out to be a good thing. Not that I didn't fall under my control later. Like, I think everybody does if they watch a fair amount of television or media. Agreed. But I think that was an advantage for me. Um, but um, I, I saw I saw Mort Saul in, well, I knew him when I was a child. And, and then I saw him, my... My stepfather and mother moved to Los Angeles because my stepfather um, got a promotion at Capitol Records. He ended up being vice president uh, and working with the Beatles in in the you know later 60s. But we moved out there in 66 March, 
and which is straight into um, Dave McGowan's uh, Laurel right. Canyon right. book. Right. That's so that's quite the time era, period yeah. that I was there, and I didn't really want to be there. I really wanted to be in England still, <clears throat> but I found myself there, and uh, I was homesick for Chicago and London, and uh, you know, I I uh, I saw Mort uh, because Stan Kenton did a big concert, and so I met I. I met his wife, his second wife. I knew all three of his wives. Um, and she was um, Gina Lee. She was the first Asian woman to be uh, centerfold for Playboy. And she was uh, very smart and probably the love of his life. That's what most people say. Anyway, I hung out with them in, in March, and uh, there was no Internet, and, you know, I didn't... I really, uh, really regret how little, how out of touch I was with Mort over the years, but I blame it mainly on the, well, I didn't have access to as many newspapers as maybe the adults had. But if I, I really believe if I had stayed in closer touch with him, I would have not gone down the, the uh, drugs and all that rock and roll mess that I got involved with in the 70s. But the point is that uh, he started a TV show in uh, fall of 66. And I watched that thing religiously. And it was a really good influence on me. And that's when he started talking about JFK publicly. And that's when he had Mark Lane was on that program for four shows, four historic programs. One week after another, and I just lived for this thing. And, and um, <clears throat> you know, the trouble was that after that I was sent back to Chicago, and I didn't hear of Mort until many years later. I just didn't, well, I didn't hear about him because they blacklisted him. That is one of the main reasons I didn't hear about him, and plus my father wasn't close to him anymore. So I had no idea what he was doing. But that was a good influence on me, and it, it got me into conspiracy um, fact. And uh, and here I am now. I've devoted probably 35 years to studying various conspiracies, but it all goes back to him. You yeah, know. he was really one of the first, maybe what the, you know, the pejorative term conspiracy theorist invented by the CIA, he would have been one of the first ones before the Internet, right? Yes, him and and I've been studying lately. There's a you know there, to me it's like a hall of fame now. Uh, you know Mark Lane, um, Mort Saul, Vincent Salandria. There's certain people you know that wrote about it and caught on quick. It's like that's uh, like this guy Vincent Salandria, who was a, a lawyer from Philadelphia. He's about the same age as Mort, and this guy. He caught on to Pearl Harbor. He was talking in, in a, uh, an address that he gave to a JFK conference, you know, maybe 10 years ago. He was, and I believe him, he said that when he was in eighth grade, he went in front of his class because the, it had just happened, Pearl Harbor had just happened, and he told the class that he felt that based on what he knew, you know, and this is a kid, he, he sussed out Pearl Harbor. Of course, my husband says, 
there were a lot of people that sussed that out, but that was definitely uh, not the way we were told. It wasn't a it was wasn't not a surprise, right? attack. Right. Yeah. So you know these people, <laughs> like uh, Jim Garrison, uh, started. He caught on to something immediately. Immediately, he was telling the FBI about Clay Shaw. He sussed out that something was going on in New Orleans. And these people that were so quick and so early to figure this out are, are just my heroes, you know? Right, yeah, it's pretty amazing. I mean, I think that he, uh, do you remember what time he got involved with Jim Garrison? Was he, was he right after the assassination or do you know a date or time? I don't know if I, I don't know. I think it, well, it must have been after 66. Uh, Mark Lane was in touch with Garrison, and probably Mark Lane was one of the early the early heroes, I call him. Uh, but I think I think Mort was in touch with him by by late 66. Gotcha. So that was kind of like his time, right? Wow. So it means he became a sheriff. Like, you get deputized, you are yes. a sheriff, at least in the That's time. correct, yeah. All right, so do you know what... Uh, findings he made as an investigator for Jim Gar with Jim Garrison. Specifically, um, you know, I think I don't know. Mort was just a really smart guy, and he he knew people. Being in show business, he knew people, and he knew politicians. You know, so he smelled a rat. Right. You know, right. and I think they just supported each other. I don't think that. I don't, I mean, I haven't studied it enough, but I'm not, I, I don't think that Mort, like, discovered something, you know, or right. found a clue, but he supported Garrison incredibly, and, and they were, I mean, he supported him in the sense that Mort Saul knew JFK, he, he knew the old man Kennedy, he knew Nixon, he knew all those people intimately, and he just knew that there was, you know, there was a, something was uh, really wrong. Right. So, do you know how he kind of uh, brought himself back from being blacklisted? I mean, was he, he never really kind of made it back? He never hit the limelight that he was in in the fifties, right? No, yeah. no, he didn't. Um, he he was on a lot of he. He fought so hard. I mean, his work ethic is incredible. I mean, he was he would do anything just to keep going. But he was not going to shut up about Kennedy. So he would get fired from fired from the the TV show that I that I was addicted to. He got fired from that. Then he got on radio in L.A. and he and he got fired from that and something like thirty five thousand. Pieces of mail were uh, written to the station. The, the audience, he had an audience. Right. And uh, there's a Dick Cavett show with Mort Saul uh, on there, and it's really, it's a, I want to say, 1970. And if you go on YouTube, just look, uh, look up Dick Cavett, Mort Saul Fights. Because Mort Saul got uh, ganged up on by Dick Cavett and uh, two of his guests. And they really mocked him. Hmm. Uh, this guy was mocked horribly, and it's a wonderful show, but he never gave up. And uh, 
you can see the mind control going on in, on the TV show because the part of the audience uh, will clap for Dick, and Dick is a complete jerk, a complete sellout, and uh, then part of the audience would, would uh, clap for Mort. And Mort knew that he had an audience, and he would not give up. And uh, he he went to when he couldn't speak when he couldn't have when he Johnny Carson was a rat fink too and and uh, Johnny Carson because of Mort Saul um, Jim Garrison in those days we had uh, I think they called it fair play or fair something which we don't have anymore and Jim Garrison had been trashed on. Uh, one of the one, one of the more, talk shows. He was on one of the yeah. night shows. I think it was Johnny Carson. I thought I saw him with or one of them. Well, yeah, he was given a half an hour. He was given he was given a slot on Carson to you know to state his side of things. Well, Carson had been trained by lawyers to ask you know devious questions. Right. Carson was horrible, and the audience uh, hated him and wrote in and complained because he butted in and, you know, it interrupted Jim so many times. But um, Mort was being, you know, he, he, wasn't, he was blacklisted from Carson and he was hated on all, you know, by all these people, but he just kept plugging away and, um, and he went to the campuses. That's what I was trying to say. He, when he couldn't get on Johnny Carson anymore, he used to host the, the Tonight Show, I think, uh, when he couldn't do that anymore, he, he took it to the streets, so to speak, and went to the campuses. And it was on the campuses that he noticed that, uh, you know, agent provocateurs, you know, supposedly lefties, were, you know, causing trouble right. on campus. And, of course, I believe that. Um, oh, I think that their provocateurs have been around in the States for 50 years, at least 100 maybe, you know, doing on mm -hmm. both sides of the party lines, you know. Absolutely. Right. And and the main thing that I see, you know, and I experienced all this from being in England to being in L.A., you know, my parents were political and in show business. This whole thing was designed um, to to bring about what we have today, uh, where we have everyone is so hyper left or hyper right or whatever. That's what it was. That's one of the reasons it was for also to get uh, to get Kennedy wanted to get us out of Vietnam. Right. Right. I mean, the, the whole policy changed right after he died. Exactly. So there was a huge policy change. It was really kind of like a coup. It wasn't just an assassination. It was a policy change. It was a radical policy change. But absolutely, yeah. yeah. And it it just shows those nighttime comedians are very political. They're hyper political now. But you can see even Cavett and uh, Carson are gatekeepers. They're work. They're they're part of the system, you know. Part of the uh, system. A lot of the, the you look at the comedians tonight in, the, in today's time. They're not really even comedians. They're political jokers telling jokes for political sides. Core, but absolutely. Core and Mort, I don't even know Mort, who watches them. Actually, who's intelligent? He watches those shows. But um, Mort Saul said that that uh, he 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 said if I'm the father of of comedy, I I. I don't. I disown my children. He he does, he didn't. He didn't. He criticized. He thought they weren't funny. He you know he didn't like any of them. Right. They're they're yeah. That's the funny thing is they're not funny. They're not really no, they're not comedians. Funny. They're doing something else. I mean they are kind of funny, but they're political. 
placed a lot of those people are placed i think even that guy for the today show is not even american i forgot his name uh, trevor noah like <laughs> he's put, he's put in there for political reasons no doubt in my mind he's uh, not even american yeah, yeah trevor noah is yeah, from south america trying. he's from uh south africa oh no yeah he's from south there's a guy there from south africa um to me installed but yeah so mort saul it was. It's too bad because he had a lot of life left. He gave up a lot of years of possibly making money. I think he was making a million dollars a year before 1966, and then blackballed. I mean, that's the whole thing: is you get blacklisted for trying to tell the truth. Well, he really believed that Frank Capra thing. I mean, you probably remember "It's a Wonderful Life," right. and um, you know, even though Frank Capra wrote propaganda, of, you know, um, more. Mort was, uh, he believed that. He, 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 he died. He laid down his life fighting for, for America. Um, right. I think he lied and tried to join the Army, and then the, he didn't get in, right. and then he got stationed in Alaska, you know, whatever. He was, a, mm -hmm. he was a very early joiner of the American military, which is interesting. Yeah, but he had problems with them. Um, you know, everywhere he he had he didn't agree with Kennedy. Kennedy was old man. Kennedy was angry at Mort and was threatening him and threatening his career even before the assassination, because Mort would not, you know, toe the line. He wanted to be free and speak. He made jokes about Kennedy and uh, he made jokes about everybody. Right. And I think you he know. was the first comedian to have a record, right? Wasn't that one of his achievements? Yes, I think it was right. Like that. Mm -hmm. so he, he was, was called, in those days, he was called a sick comedian, which there's nothing sick about Mort. I mean, Lenny Bruce, yes. But he was, you know, again, that was, you know, once a guy like Mort shows up on the scene, they, you know, they, he's so original and so uncontrollable that, you know the media was operating back then, and so they they slapped a title on him, which didn't he didn't have deserve or it didn't describe him whatsoever. But he was known as a sick comedian. I don't know how that you know because they they broke the mold and they joked about things that the old time comedians didn't joke about or whatever. Right. I mean, I think he was really kind of like a, a political uh, kind of news commentator. He always had the newspaper, so I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like, he would never had any uh, stuff. And you can see all of his stuff is all over YouTube, right? Yeah, except the one, the channel I described, they just unfortunately took down most mm -hmm. of the best uh, Mort Saul stuff for some technicality. But... Uh, is there anything else before we wrap this up, Camille, that you'd like to add or anything I missed? Well, yeah, because, it, you know, um, what I like about these guys, uh, Mort Saul and Vincent Salandria, um, they're, they're, they really did their homework. They, you know, there are a lot of uh, conspiracy teachers and purveyors that are really give give the whole thing a bad name but uh these kind of guys garrison these guys were lawyers they were highly intelligent they 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 were the best but i like a quote from um mort uh about laurel canyon uh, oddly enough i i i really think that uh what mort says backs up um 
the idea that the 60s were infiltrated and co-opted. But he said, um, so somebody asked him on KOST in 1970 as a radio station in L.A., they asked him, so what does Joe Citizen do? And Mort Saul said, well, he doesn't sit up there in Laurel Canyon with a shirt made out of the American flag and smoke pot. That's one thing he doesn't do. That's all out. You know, so he was criticizing. He criticized the left more than anybody. I mean, he criticized it. He was a lefty, sort of. And he he criticized him, you know, more than more than the right the wing, right, I guess. But he, he criticized everybody. But I thought that was good. And then he he talked about he refused to accommodate murder. And uh, he said that saving America, this is all that's left. He says, I've been around the world, and I can tell you that this is all that's left. And this is in 1970. So He's he saying was that the, warning, U- the U.S. is all that's left? Yeah. He was warning us, and we we treated him shabbily. And I just think it's, uh, you know, my dad was friends with John Chancellor and, you know, Studs Terkel, all the, you know, business, um, well, social commentators, yeah, social commentators. Yeah, Yeah. and they all, they they all uh, ratted, they were all rats. They all thinked out. They did. I mean, everybody abandoned Mort Saul when his son died. Clint Eastwood, who was a friend, and Paul Newman didn't even go to the funeral. This guy really got hurt bad. I'm surprised he made it to 94. Yeah, that, that he has to be tough to make it that far. I mean, he kind of went it alone. That's really it. I mean, a lot of those people wouldn't make the decisions that he made. A lot of those entertainers and comedians wouldn't do what he did. And you asked, you asked about his comeback. You know... He was such a great light that at some point after, you know, long enough, they kind of let him do things here and there. But like I said, he was working like a madman. Uh, he just wouldn't give up. He would be on any – he he would have – I'm surprised he didn't go to, like, um, I don't know, those cowboy shows or whatever, state fairs or something. He would have – he would have performed anywhere. But, yeah, he finally did get a little recognition, but um, it's just a joke, the way, the way, we, the way everyone treated him. And the, yeah. the, all the articles about him were just such rubbish. I mean, I'm obviously, so yeah, I'm obviously in a different kind of news circle because I didn't even know he passed away. And I don't really, I don't read any corporate media or anything like that. So mm-hmm. it's really a shame that he kind of, Kind of, there were, I didn't see a lot of memori- in memoriams or kind of uh, retrospectives of his life, so I think that's a shame. So hopefully keep his ideas alive, keep his name around, and people should go check out his uh, check out his monologues, check out his stuff. He's a social commentator, and I think he skewered a lot of people who deserved it. <laughs> so yeah, well, I'm I'm thrilled that that you're giving you know him the uh, the praise tonight. So. Great. Well, Camille, it's great to talk with you again. Let's do it again sooner, as, as far as five years in duration. But uh, thanks a lot for coming on and talking about Mort Saul. Yes, sir. Thank All right. you. All right. Take care. All right. Stay there.